My name is Bobby. I'm uh, one of the pastors here at the Ridge. We're so glad that you guys are here today as we uh, continue going through this series we're calling Recovering Redemption. And uh, it's a great series. It's been one of my favorite series that, that we've ever done here at the Ridge. And uh, one of the reasons why I love it so much is, is you might hear the title and you're like, well, I'm not like, I'm not in recovery. And uh, you're mistaken. You are in recovery. You might not have just known it. And so uh, the truth is, is that all of us are in recovery in some way because if anything, at the very least, we are recovering sinners. And so uh, that's all of us, every single one of us, and we'll kind of see that here in a few moments in our scripture. And so uh, for the last several weeks, we have uh, really just been focusing on uh, the vertical relationship uh, with, between ourselves and God. And so today, we're really going to get a little more horizontal in that. And so our relationship with God, if you uh, don't know this yet, our, our relationship with God is both horizontal, meaning outward, but, and it's also vertical. And so God uh, writes and repairs the vertical with justification and adoption and, and begins to uh, let that play out through us horizontally as we deal with others. And so our relationship with God is, is both vertical and it's horizontal. Uh, you heard Jesus maybe put it like this. He said you have to uh, love the Lord your God with all of your heart. That's the vertical part. But also he says you must also love your neighbor as yourself. And so there's the horizontal part. And so it's there both vertical and horizontal. Now the, the deal with the the horizontal part is although that God is repairing and making right the vertical the horizontal is always imperfectly executed none of us are are getting the the horizontal part 100% right all of the time not none of us and so the the horizontal is is going to be imperfectly executed even though God is perfecting the vertical. And so our relationship with God being both vertical and horizontal is difficult. It's difficult. Although the vertical relationship is being made right through Christ alone, and because we are imperfectly executing the horizontal, what tends to happen through the horizontal is that people get hurt along the way. You hurt people. I hurt people. People hurt us. Amen? So we've all been there. Like if we were to, to take a quick survey in the room and say, okay, how many of us have been deeply wounded by somebody else? Even other Christians, right, we would all raise our hand, right? None of us in here would be like, no, nope, not me. You know, I'm good. I got this, right? Like none of us would say that. None of us would, uh, with a clear conscience, be able to say that we've not hurt others, that we've not sinned against others, and, and that others have not sinned against us. And so we know that that horizontal is always being imperfectly executed. And so here's what I know, though. When we believe the gospel, the gospel being that Jesus Christ gave his life up, that his death, his burial, his resurrection, that when we believe that, when we believe the gospel with our whole hearts, not just partially, but all of it, it changes the way that we react to those that have sinned against us. Or at least it should. At least it should. And so there is a lot of hurt in this room where people have sinned against you, sinned against me. We all know that to be true. But here, here's the thing. There are some of you, there are some of you who are holding on to those things that have been done wrong to us, that have been sinned against us, and we are holding on to those things with an unforgiving heart. With an unforgiving heart. 
And the truth is, is that some of us just don't know where to begin. Like, we would love to be able to forgive. We would love to be able to, to, to go down that road, but honestly, we just don't know where to begin. But yet, others of us have believed a perverted gospel, a gospel that, that tells us to forgive, but not to forget. Like, forgive, but I, I don't forget. I'll forgive you, but I won't forget what you've done to me. And as we'll see here in just a few moments, that is really a perverted gospel because what that does is what we find at the end of that path is bitterness. Bitterness. And bitterness left to rot and go unchecked always rolls into something deeper. That bitterness that, that begins to, to build up within us, if it goes unchecked, it begins to, to roll into something deeper. It begins to roll into anger. It begins to roll into abuse. It begins to roll into addictions. And those things will begin to roll into sin. And so that bitterness left unchecked begins to wreck. And so some of us either due to not being a believer or not fully understanding the gospel, might be purposely withholding forgiveness from others. And so if you're not a believer, you've never given your life to Christ, let me, let me just say this, you're really kind of off the, off the hook because the truth is, is that uh, for someone who is not a believer, it is almost totally expected for you to not be forgiving necessarily. And so if you're not a believer, you're like, well, I, I, I'm not going to forgive that person. And then you tell me that you're not a believer, I'm, gonna be, I'm just going to look at that and say, well, that's expected. I, I, don't ex- we don't, I don't expect you to go by a book that was written for believers if you're not a believer. Right? And so for those of you who have had a hard time with maybe somebody thinking, well, they should forgive me, maybe the first question that you should ask is, are they a believer or not? And so that, that's, I would say, A, that being part of the case, but B, if you are a believer, here's the tough part. Here's, here's where it, it starts to get really uncomfortable for the rest of the day. If you are a believer, if you are a believer, then that puts us in direct disobedience to Scripture when we don't forgive. When we don't forgive. Delayed obedience Listen, delayed obedience is still disobedience. So even if you're like, well, I plan on forgiving them at some point. I'll get to it. I'll, I'll, I'll eventually forgive them. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. Um, there's a quote by John Owen. Uh, he's long gone, but John Owen, he actually said this. He said, our forgiving of others will not uh, procure forgiveness for ourselves, but our most forgiving of others proves that we ourselves are not forgiven it's tough isn't it there are things that that some of us have held on to for years and listen let, let's, let's be honest some of the things that that you have not been able to forgive others of are deep-rooted hurts and wounds are they not they're very deep some of you have been abused some of you maybe have been molested some of you maybe have been raped some of you have been stolen from some of you have had things taken from you some of you have been cheated on some of you uh have just been hurt and wounded deeply and those things deep down within you are hard to forgive i'm not gonna try to sit here and tell you so listen to what i'm saying i'm not telling you just move on just forget it just get over it like i'm not telling you to do those things what i am telling you and what we are going to look at 
is that in Scripture, what we see is part of our sanctification is moving on as God brings us through it and leads us to forgiveness. Listen, we talked about this last week. One of the things that we see in the gospel is that God is not uh, trying to get you to avoid some things. Like God's, uh, God's plan through the gospel is not that, that you just avoid all hurt and pain and wound in your life. What God is doing through your sanctification, that word sanctification means that he is transforming you slowly to the image of of God through the image of Jesus, what he's doing, that's what sanctification means. It's that journey that you're on. And so as he sanctifies you, what he's doing, instead of moving you around it, is he is actually pulling you through it. And that's uncomfortable. But that leads us to forgiveness. And so I believe that if we will begin to see the gospel correctly, the Holy Spirit can bring about healing as we learn what biblical forgiveness is and how the gospel leads us through it. Um, Christmas is coming up. Anybody excited about that? Yeah? So uh, there are more of you uh, Christmas uh, junkies in here than there were in the first service. That's cool. But um, I, I love Christmas, and I love Christmas time. Uh, one of the things that, that I love about Christmas is, as I like thinking sort of uh, about Christmas past. You know, I love Christmas present and Christmas future, all that stuff, but I love thinking about Christmas past because I, I love thinking about, like, all the really cool gifts that I got as a kid. Remember those? Like, what was, the, what was your favorite gift that you ever got as a kid? Just think about that for a second. Like, like, what was that? For me, I remember being about 8, 9, 10 years old, somewhere around there, and I remember getting a Nintendo for the first time. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah? A little up, up, down, down, left, right, select. B-A, start, select, start. Yeah? I got it wrong. But, you know, I'd have to do it over again. You got to start from the beginning if you mess it up the first time. Right? A little, little Tecmo Bowl, Huh? Y'all don't know nothing about Tecmo Bowl Raiders, Bo Jackson, Marcus Allen, huh? Y'all don't know nothing about that, do you? Like, all, all, all you in here are like, what is he talking about? L- little Contra, there you go. So, like, like, I got a Nintendo. I got a Nintendo, and I loved this Nintendo. It was awesome. It was awesome. I loved, I loved playing this Nintendo. I ha- had an Atari before that, and so that was really boring compared to the Nintendo, right? So now I'm shooting ducks and playing Super Mario Brothers. Like, it's awesome. Love it. That was a really cool gift. But you know what I, I loved most about Christmas was about June. Here's why. In June, my grandmother would get this thing called a service merchandise catalog. Anybody? You know what I'm talking about? A pre-internet days. Ain't no Amazon. This joker was like this big, right? It was huge. And it would come in. It would come to my grandmother's house about sometime around June or July. And we'd get that catalog. And I would go down. And I would take a Sharpie in my pocket. And I would walk down there and be like, all right, here we go, Christmas time. I want that. <laughs> I want, you know. And I would just start circling all of these things that I wanted. You know, and I'd just like leave it laying out for my parents to see sometime. And just be like, oh, look at that. A service merchandise catalog with things circled. Huh. Well, that would be cool if I got that drum set. I can't even play the drums. I just want, it would be cool to just have a drum set, right? It was all of these things in this catalog. And I'd be like, man, those are some really cool gifts. I would love to have anything in that catalog. And because I'm a pastor, I'm about to Jesus juke every single one of you in here. Listen, there is a better gift. No matter what cool gift that you got, no matter what cool gift you'll get this year for Christmas, no matter how, how cool the gifts were in the service merchandise catalog, listen, as believers, even if you're not a believer, I'm just here to, there is a better gift. There's a better gift in Jesus. But the, the gift that Jesus himself gives when he gives of himself is the gift of forgiveness. It's the gift of forgiveness. I love what Paul writes in Romans 3. 
There's going to be a lot of scripture here today, so if you're taking notes, just write these down or just follow along on the screen. Um, we're not going to sit in one uh, place of the Bible today like we normally do. We're going to skip around a little bit. But Paul writes this in Romans 3, 23 through 25. He says this. He says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We get that. We've heard that one before, but he goes on. He says, And are justified by his grace as a gift. It's a gift. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he passed over former sins. Anybody like that? He passed over former sins. Love that. God has offered us a gift, the gift of forgiveness through Jesus Christ, not only given to us, but as it is projected upon us, listen, as it's projected upon us as believers, it's our job to reflect it back. It's our job to reflect it back. Here at the Ridge Church, we say that we exist to be a reflection of the gospel. And what that means, that means not only for us corporately as one body, as one church, do we reflect the gospel, but for you as a believer, you are to reflect the gospel as uh, God projects the gospel onto your life, we are to reflect it back out. As it comes down vertically, it goes out horizontally. And so, what does that mean? Well, look at how Jesus gives the gospel to us. He forgives us. And so because he forgives, we forgive. He loves. And so because he loves, we love. Because he was generous to us, we are generous to others. And so we, we can see all of Scripture this way, that, that what is projected upon us should be reflected out from us. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. He says this. He says, therefore, be imitators of God. We could put a period right there and just be done with it, sing a song, and leave from here. Right? So he says, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us, loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. And so right there alone is our command to, to just reflect what is given to us. So what I want to do this week is I just want to spend the next few minutes and we want to talk about what forgiveness is. We want to really just take a few moments and, and define forgiveness. And then next week, I'm really excited about next week for you guys. I, I, I hate that I'm not going to be able to hear this myself. I'll just have to pick it up on the podcast. But next week, Peyton Wills will be here. Uh, he's the pastor of City Lights Church in Clinton. We just launched them not too long ago, helped launch them uh, a couple of weeks ago. And so Peyton will actually be here preaching for you guys and be telling his recovery story. He has an amazing story that he's going to be sharing with you guys, and so uh, you'll be encouraged by that. And then I will be at City Lights Church uh, preaching for him. And so we're just kind of trading out like that. I, I love that uh, we are a church that, that can do that, and it's no big deal. Like, it's normal for us. And so I'm really excited about that. So excited for you guys to hear from Peyton uh, next week. But this week, we want to talk about what, what forgiveness is, and then when I get back here in two weeks, we'll sort of uh, lay out how forgiveness works uh, through the gospel. But I think you'll see a lot of that in, in this right here. Now, let me say this. One of the defining marks of a believer... If you're a believer, I'm talking to you, one of the defining marks of a believer is one that forgives. And I'm just going to be honest with you. That right there, understanding that right there and getting your head and your mind around that right there alone will either grate on you in a good way or in a bad way. Think about it. A defining mark of a redeemed believer is one that 
forgives. And so that alone, getting my head around that, has led me to forgiveness, to, to have to forgive others in some ways. And then it's also led me to having to ask for forgiveness at times. Listen, I'm just going to be honest, when I didn't want to. When I didn't want to. But understanding that as a believer, I am called to forgive because I've been forgiven is a game changer. And so scripture is clear that for the one that does not forgive, we either A, we don't understand our forgiveness, or B, we've not received forgiveness. And that's tough. And so I want to show you three ways biblically forgiveness is defined. Three ways biblically forgiveness is defined. If you're taking notes, you can write these down. Number one, biblical forgiveness does not strike back. Biblical forgiveness does not strike back. And so it's a human response, I think we all know this, to, to want to get someone back in res- response to how, the, how they wounded us. Is it not? Like it's, a, it's, it, it's almost natural for us to want to react that way. If you're a parent, you know how this works all too well, don't you? If you've got more than one child in your house, you know how this, how this goes. You know, one kid does something to the other kid, and they do it back, you know, and it's like, well, they did this to me, right? It's all this finger-pointing kind of thing, right? And we just, we just kind of do that. Listen to what 1 Peter 3.9 says. It says this, it says, it could not be more clear in Scripture. For those of you that, that like to get revenge, this is your verse, okay? Listen, it says, do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless. For to, for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. And so Peter writes, he says, don't repay evil for evil. Instead, what you should do is bless. Hear me when I say this, church, not bless out. Right? Not bless out. It says, says to bless. And so what that means is that means that when someone wounds you, when someone sins against you, when someone hurts you, you don't go to Facebook and rant. Yeah, amen. That stepped on some of y'all's toes, didn't it? Ouch, right? We're like, well, I don't do Facebook. Okay, so don't code talk in 140 characters on Twitter either, all right? There we go. And for those of you that are old school, just shut down MySpace. You don't need it anymore, all right? But like, <laughs> like all, 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 like, and so Peter's, he's being very clear about this. He says, don't repay evil for evil. Like, why, would, why repay evil for evil? And so when someone commits an evil against us, we bless. We bless. And why do we bless? Because in our sin, we have done evil towards the Lord. Every single one of us. Remember, we just read that a few minutes ago. Romans 3 says, for all have sinned. And so we have all sinned against God ourselves Here's the beauty of the gospel. He chooses to bless us. Romans 5.8 says that God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like, do you get that? Like, do you understand that? Like, can you put your mind around that? Listen to what it says. It says, for while we were still yet sinners, meaning that while you were still sinning, before you cleaned yourself up, Jesus Christ gave himself up to save you. Before you lifted a finger, before you ever did anything, before you even asked for forgiveness, this says that while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. He did not repay evil for evil. Instead, he blessed through forgiveness. 
So number one, biblical forgiveness does not strike back. Number two, biblical forgiveness forgives completely. Biblical forgiveness forgives completely. And so if you're a believer, let me ask you a question. How completely did God forgive you? How completely did God forgive you? Was it partial? Was it mostly? Was it 99.5%? Like, how completely did God forgive you? I love what Psalms says in 103, 10 through 12. It says, He does not deal with us according to our sins nor repay us according to our iniquities. We should be really happy about that. For as high as heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Do you hear what that just said? It said that, that he removes our sins as far away from us as the east is from the west. Anyone want to try to figure out how far that is? It's a long ways. If you didn't know. But it says that he removes it that far from us. But it gets better than that. Isaiah 43 says that not only does he remove them from us, that not only does he forgive us of our sins, but also he forgets our sins. Isaiah 43, 24 through 25 says that he forgets our sins. He will not remember our sins. And so Christ does two things when we sin against them. Number one is he forgives us our sins and then number two he forgets our sins and so here's here's one of the tough parts is that is the way that god has called us to forgive also we have a hard time doing this listen i I have a hard time doing this you have a hard time we all have a hard time doing this none of us in here are going well i do it all the time i'm good i got this like that that doesn't work that way uh you know where i see this play out most of the time is in marriage is in marriage, uh, in relationships in general, but, but really especially in marriage. If, if you're married, you, you'll know what I'm talking about in just a second. You'll sort of have a, we'll call it a slight disagreement in something because you're all good Christian people. You don't really argue, right? And so, like, you have a slight disagreement with your spouse, right? And it's centered around one certain thing. And then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you're talking about each other's mama. Gets, you know, somebody's about to get cut. You know, it's, it's going to get rough. You know, it's going it, it, to get rough. But like, like it, it goes from one thing to another thing, 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 to another thing. And the next thing you know, you don't even know what you started disagreeing about in the first place, right? And so here you are. What, this is what's happening. You're scoreboarding. You're scoreboarding. You're looking at the scoreboard going, hey, remember that? Hey, you remember, you remember when you did that? And then it almost always comes back up, well, I thought that you forgave me for that. Oh, well, yeah, I just said it, you know. None of y'all have ever done that, though. Like, you're all good people. They're like, but we scoreboard it. We scoreboard it. But the truth is, because we've not fully forgiven them in the biblical sense, what happens is, is their sentence that we place upon them begins to be carried out over time by scoreboarding. But Jesus, thankfully, did not, he, he didn't do that with us, did he? Again, Psalm 103 says, He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. And so not only does he forgive, but he forgives completely. And so if Jesus, here's the deal, if Jesus only partially forgave us, 
then he didn't fully save us. If Jesus only partially forgave us, he didn't fully save us. Paul writes this in Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. He says this. He says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And here's where it gets tough. He says, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against the other, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. Listen, church, that's not a suggestion. That's not an option if you're a believer. It's in Scripture, so therefore it is given to us as believers to reflect ourselves. And so not only... Does biblical forgiveness not strike back? Biblical forgiveness forgives completely. And then finally, number three, biblical forgiveness means that we forgive repeatedly. Biblical forgiveness means that we forgive repeatedly. Most of us, uh, if we're honest, we have a limit to how much we allow someone to wound us, don't we? I think we would all say that that's true. Luke 17 3 and 4 says this. It says, pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And so right there, I mean, that's a whole other sermon for another time about if someone sins against us, uh, how we should approach them and how we should go to them and and what a biblical gospel uh, rebuke looks like. It probably doesn't look like what we think it looks like, but that's another sermon for another time. But it says, if he repents... Forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, this is what Jesus says. He says, you must forgive him. You must forgive him. Now, that doesn't mean that we simply tolerate abuse. It does mean, though, that through Scripture, through the lens of the gospel, if we are believers that we have to forgive when we are wronged. It's tough. And it's a very high standard. But it gets worse. You're like, that's bad enough all by itself, but it actually gets worse. And so one of the more scarier verses in all of Scripture outside of the one where Jesus says that there will be many who say to, you know, prophesy in my name and say, Lord, Lord, besides that verse, and then when he says, you know, there will be many who say that, but then I will look at them on the day of judgment and look at them and say, depart from me, I didn't know you. That's really scary. This one is really scary too, just being honest with you. Matthew 6, at the end of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus says, hey, this is how you should pray. And then at the very end of that, he says this, he says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. That sounds good. We like that. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Basically what Jesus is saying here is he's saying, hey, listen, it's really important. If you don't forgive others, then you don't understand the forgiveness that you have received. If you don't forgive others, you don't understand the forgiveness that you have received. And so, let's be honest for a moment. Some of us don't know that we can do that, do we? 
It's a high price to pay to forgive some people. And some of you see, like if you're, right, like you probably see that person in your face right now. Like you can picture them. Maybe even the minute that I began to talk about forgiveness, you could already picture that person or those people that had sinned against you, wounded you deeply. And it's a high price to pay to forgive them. And that's a valid concern because, listen, to be able to actually forgive them is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. But consider this, the cost that Jesus paid to forgive you. The cost that Jesus paid to forgive you. Listen, salvation was free. For those of you that are believers, your salvation was free, but I assure you, it did not come cheap. It cost Christ his life. It cost God his son. Salvation is not cheap. You received it freely, but it cost him everything. And so for you to reflect that, listen, it's going to cost you something. And I'm not talking about monetary things. It's just going to cost you something. It might cost your self-perceived pride. It might cost you, um, you know, face. To have to forgive someone who maybe you declared to the entire world and the 13, 5 point whatever billion people that are on Facebook that you said you would never forgive. Like, like so all of those people, like, like, you might just have to come out and say, I forgive this person now. And so it might cost you something. And so let's consider the price that has been paid. The cost that Jesus paid to forgive you, to forgive me, paid in full. You see, Jesus, Jesus didn't just consider it, he actually paid it. He didn't consider it, he actually paid it. Like He didn't look at you and I and look at our sin that we have sinned against him and looked at us and said, you know what, I'm going to cover that one, I'm going to cover that one, and that one's really bad, so we're not, we're not doing that one. Like he didn't consider it, he paid it. He forgave. And so because we have been forgiven, we must also forgive. We must also forgive. As we close today, what we want to simply do is simply take just a few moments to, to pray and ask for, because some of, you, some of you will need to ask for the courage to be able to actually forgive someone today. Now, I, I grew up in a, a small country Baptist church, and and uh, nothing wrong with that. I, I, really, uh, I really loved my uh, time there for a lot of reasons. But uh, some of you kind of have that background too. And, and I, I remember that any time the pastor would preach a message on forgiveness, it got really weird at the end. It got really weird at the end because what would happen is, is the pastor would preach this message on forgiveness and then he would say something to the effect of, so if you have someone in your life that you need to forgive, then you need to get up and you need to go to them right now. And it'd get really weird because people inside the church would get up and walk to somebody else in the church and there'd be all of these people going to each other in the church and I'd look around and be like, all these people hate each other. <laughs> what is wrong with you? It's like everybody that has hurt you is in this building, right? And it'd be weird. And so if you need to forgive someone, I want you to stand up right now. I'm just kidding, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. 
But there probably is someone that you need to forgive because maybe you've been withholding forgiveness. There could be someone that you have pictured in your mind right now that, that you know that you need to forgive. And so as we take these last few minutes to, to sing these last few songs and to take a few moments to pray, then just take a few moments to just ask the Holy Spirit to give you the power and the courage to go and to forgive. Because listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. This is not something that you have to go home and pray about, whether you should do or not. The question is whether or not you will do it. It it, it always irks me when believers go and pray about things, whether or not they should do them or not, when it's very clear what Scripture tells us we should do. Well, I'm going to go home and pray about it. Why? He just told you to. but what you may need is the courage to be able to do it. And so as we pray, let's just ask for that courage. For those of you that are believers, we have a clear command in Scripture to go and to forgive others. And so let's do that. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. God, we thank you for uh, even as hard as it can be to, to digest it into our hearts, God, God, we thank you for how it pierces our hearts. God, how it calls us to forgiveness because we have been forgiven. How it calls us to reflect your gospel, God, because of the gospel that you have given to us. And so, Father, God, for those of us who in our hearts, in our minds, picture those who we need to forgive, God, give us the courage. God, fill us with the power of your Holy Spirit, God, to be able to have the words to say. God, to be able to have the, the courage to, uh, to send the email, to send, God, the text. God, to send, uh, to pick up the phone or to go and make the visit, God. But give us the courage. Give us wisdom. Give us the words to be able to say. God, remind us that because we have been forgiven, then we are also called to forgiveness. If you're here today and you know that you have somebody that you need to forgive, but you just need the courage to do so, would you just throw up your hand just real quick, just so we can, we're not going to call you out or anything like that. Amen. 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 Father, we just pray, God, just supernaturally, God, that you just give them the courage and the wisdom God, through the power of your spirit. God, that we will have the courage to be able to trust you, God, that regardless of outcome, God, that we're not, we're not looking to, to necessarily have the best outcome possible, God. The outcome may not be good, God, but as long as we are obedient to your word, God, let us, let us be obedient to you. And let us trust you that you are sovereign and that you will, you will do with that as you may afterwards. But let us be obedient, God. Jesus, we love you and we thank you. It's in your name that we pray.